Hey guys, welcome back to the Jim Miller Podcast. On tonight's podcast, we're joined by special guest John Dudley of Knock On TV. Uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, shared shared a pig camp with him, a bear camp with him, um, and he's also an elite level athlete. Um, so he's got a lot of insight into some of the aspects of, of MMA and, and obviously of archery. Um, we weren't quite able to get the wolf story out of him this time, but we're, we're saving that for the next time. Um, so thank you very much for tuning in and enjoy. Podcast. Uh, today we are we're going to hit the fights that happened last weekend. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch! And uh, we've got a special guest. Uh, my 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 good buddy uh, John Dudley is uh, he's in studio in his own personal studio. Look at this! I made a little tag for him. It says his name, knock on archery underneath it. I still have my logo in the bottom corner though. He's got my belt though. Uh, yeah. You stole yeah, my belt. belt. Yeah. That's correct. Um, That's correct. But we also got the typical, the typical bunch on the couch. We'll take away John's thing there. See, I got too many things to hit now. Um, so I'm going to play around with uh, with some of the, the fancier aspects of the of our production software. And I can actually do like some picture-in-picture picture stuff. So uh, I'm probably going to be poking someone. Um in the picture in picture, but I'm just warning you. I, I wish I could do other stuff. I wish it was green screen stuff. But this is going shockingly smooth so far, yeah. though. It is going shockingly <laughs> smooth. You know, we've uh, we didn't start with a black screen. We've done that the last few times, several times. <laughs> um, so here, watch this. Let's go to one of these things. But last last weekend we had uh, a huge weekend of fights. Um, you had UFC 220, and then you had Bellator 192. Uh, a lot of a lot of big fights, a lot of good fights on there. A um, couple title fights, and you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a packed weekend. There was a lot of MMA going on. Yeah, there was, there was. Um, here, watch this. Boom, picture in picture. Oh, look at that. Look at that. John Dudley down in the corner, cover most of Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Now I can do whatever like I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is going on? I, I, like the old, I like the old man's uh, posture there. It's yeah, yeah, he's definitely a sloucher. That's where I get my good posture from. Um, <laughs> is from from the big guy. I'm basically same same body type as him, but what eight inches shorter <laughs> than you were in your prime. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> before you shrunk, <laughs> uh, manly. Six, yeah, six foot four to to five foot eight. So, uh, but yeah, believe it or not, Dan Dan is six one, and we have the same size inseam. <laughs> just all legs, no torso. Just like just like the old man. How I bet I bet you and you and Dudley have a similar inseam. You probably swap pants. Similar swap pants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm pretty much rolling a 34, 38. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, he's not getting into a 34 anymore anytime soon. No, that's that for sure. That's for sure. Um, so uh, UFC 220, 
we had uh, Steve Miocic against uh, Francis Ngannou in the main event. I'm not surprised with the outcome. I don't know if anybody uh, here is based on the pat. You know, I called it wrong, but I'm actually yeah. super pumped about the outcome and the fight. I think, I think it was awesome. It was a great fight, and yeah. and you know, I mean, it's that was the thing you kind of knew that. Uh, Ngannou had the power to to put him away and to hurt him, um, but. He hasn't shown, you know, or he hasn't had the opportunity in any of his other fights to show that he's going to be dominant for 25 minutes or dominant for even 15 and, and you know, completely beat somebody up, like, you know, at the caliber of, of Stipe. Um, and, I mean, Ngannou is fun to talk about, right? He's He's got yeah. great highlight Everybody reels, loves it. Knockouts, he's strong, he's big, but Stipe is, he's the champ. He's a champ for a reason. He puts the work in, he's composed, and, man, he put on... He put on a dominant performance. Yeah. One thing I did not know about Stipe is he is a full-time firefighter. I did not know that yeah. as well. I've That's read that, that man too. holds down a real job and fights. That's impressive mm -hmm. as hell. Yeah, that's awesome. He, um, I, th I, th I think I heard it was like four days after he won the title. He was in the firehouse pulling like a. 12-hour shift or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's you all know, they do. Job. You do 24 on. I I, understand. I know what they do. Yeah. I know how the job works. But, you know, that's pretty awesome. You just won. Oh, no. The, the world, you know, the heavyweight world title. So it's like. No, so you're going to come back to work for me and then fucking fight. No. So you can be like <laughs> no. you used to be. Yeah. yeah. Strong. <laughs> Young. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> yeah. When you were doing construction. Wow. wow, that one cut deep. Tough. Ooh. Wow. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> if you shot yourself with a nail gun down, you'd cry like a little bitch. I, that is not Lay true. on the floor and roll around and cry like sure you I did would. when you were two. Sure I would. Yeah, you would. Mm -hmm. You know you would. <laughs> he warned He warned that he was going to bring up stuff. We might have to mute. No, you are I think John's got a question, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. we're listening well, to crazy nail gun talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come here, on. Here he goes. This is what we do to the old man when he gets a little rambunctious. We hit, have, the, mute, we hit the mute button. What's that? Have you have you seen Gano? Uh, have you seen him in person? Um, I probably have in passing. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've watched. I've seen him live fight. Ringside. Yeah. I saw him in Chicago. Okay. And, uh, he's a. I mean, he is a legitimate uh, beast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The only person I've seen that mirrors his freakness is is Brock. I mean, he is he is like when he gets in the cage and jumps around, it sounds like it's bottoming out on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a he's a big dude. Oop, wrong button. Are we, allowed, oh. are we allowed to? Are we allowed to drink on this no. podcast? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you got to stop with that belt, though. That's all you got to do. What's that? You got to stop with that belt. You got you got lucky. You got lucky. It was a lucky lucky punch that you got that belt. There's a pretty loud ring echo off this thing. Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta explain how you got it. This is the knock on turkey belt. 
this is the knock on turkey belt. Yep. 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 How does one win the knock on turkey belt? Obviously. I'm hoping you guys would get it. I mean, he cheats. I took, That's what he I does. He cheats. Sloppy, sloppy seconds. <laughs> I, I took it to the cameraman just as a cameraman letting time pass by and ended up taking it. You guys didn't seize your opportunities. Well, this is true. <laughs> this is true. I I can't. I'm, it's it's getting me fired up just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd look nice here on the it wall. Would, it would look like right right behind me, right like right right here. That, that puppy would be like. Um. Well, there is something here that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time, every time I somebody does something or is shooting a. Uh, a silverback or something like that. It's like, oh, I get tagged. Like, oh, you'll be pull a Jim Miller and shoot the door. Good for you. Every every time, I'm I'm insta famous in a certain way. Um, so well, that what's that? The, I was gonna say you should get tagged. I mean, that's that's one of those things where, you know, you've uh, you'll be famous for it forever. I left my mark. I left my mark. There are two people that have shot that door. Two people. Me and you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a couple. I've got a couple in my basement that I've only shot, but you know. Well it we're uh sorry to sorry to trump the fighting conversation, but between you and I shooting this door and then uh our buddy Torsten Yeah he actually put one <laughs> i told him to down when we were shooting down in his garage he didn't do it while we were there with him but that next weekend he sent me a picture of an arrow hole through the <laughs> through the garage door glass oh. <laughs> and his his wife was so upset that is awesome uh <laughs> i've been able to keep mine mostly out of you know my wife doesn't know about all the holes in the doors down here, except the one that's sitting next to Pat, or the two. But that was for the training. Those were video. intentional. Yeah, those were we intentional. Had to do those. I had to do those. Um, I think you're helping young archers everywhere, too, because I've been shooting with my son in the basement, and he ripped some sheetrock, and I said, hey, it's no big deal. Uncle Jim did it. <laughs> on, on Facebook <laughs> yeah, Live. come on. <laughs> there were a couple thousand people watching. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does Pat have a white shirt on <laughs> No, no. Pat is on the Wait. end. Oh, okay. I could yeah, that's our buddy, uh, the D's, the in, D's. The, in the center. The guy that sat in the in, sat in the deer stand for all of an hour and a half, as as a hunter, as a bow hunter, sat in the deer stand for like an hour and a half and got his first one. You did? Yeah, you it did? was. It's what he had a good coach. I've, yeah, two times coach. I've <laughs> sat with Jim, and within an hour of sitting down, we've had multiple walk right underneath us yeah the first one was before i even had the license this year and there were some little guys that you let pass and mm-hmm. then the second time we capitalized on it yep yeah it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> um so oh, that thing shut off again uh let's see where am i cormier uh pretty much happened the way that I think most of us here expected it to happen and uh, just dominated Vulcan on the ground. Took it to him. 
Cormier's wrestling is so good. He's he's going to be tough for anybody that doesn't have that dynamic wrestling to deal yeah. with. You know, the interesting fight that just got made is uh, Cormier versus Miocic. Miocic, whatever his name is. If. Stipe. <laughs> Stipe. We'll call him Stipe. Your bitch boss. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Come on. He would never go up to heavyweight, but he just doesn't want Sipe. He doesn't like Sipe. He won't promote Sipe. And so now let me take Daniel up there to try to win. And Sipe is going to whoop his ass. Sipe is going to whoop his ass. So it doesn't make any difference. You know, it's I'm good, afraid to say it because I don't want to put it still, yeah, don't It's still him. a don't bitch move him. to, to do him. that. To do that. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I, it's a. Or they want to bring Brock back. Well, they've already talked about that. <laughs> well, they've already talked about that. Bring a yeah. cheater back to no. to go in and and That's oh, bullshit. okay, no, he's gonna they, he's gonna win the belt, you know, because he doesn't want Sipe, a blue collar firefighter, hardworking guy. He kinda, because they can't promote him. Well, how can you it's not, not promote? That they him. can't promote him. Well, they because they can't promote a train wreck. What? The huh? UFC promotion can't promote a train wreck. Oh. Name one guy that they promoted. One yeah. guy that didn't self-promote. Chael? No, he self-promoted himself. Connor? Self-promoted. Bisbane? Yeah, self-promoted. John Jones? Self-promoted. Frankie? Nothing behind Frankie. No, Nothing behind Chris. Right? I mean, you know. <laughs> and Sipe? There's no push behind him. They don't even give him a little bit of shine. Well, the, and he's been vocal about that. I mean... He's definitely been, but now voicing he's that. hoping Cormier will beat him. But I think Cipe beats him. I think so too. Look at Demetrius. Demetrius yeah. should have more push behind him. It's well, oh, well. The thing is, is that you know, like as a as a fighter, it was always ah, oh, we're trying to go mainstream. We're trying to go mainstream. And uh, excuse me. Well, he missed that boat. No, he didn't. They didn't miss the boat. They just never. Either my idea of what mainstream is is different than what mainstream is, and that very well <laughs> might be the case. Uh, but it was either it was either a, a bullshit or that. I mean, because they've they've never promoted what I would think would be a mainstream athlete, right? You know. Who, the 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 fighters that are getting promoted are not the Tom Brady's, are not the Derek Cheaters. No, it's, no. The, it's the Dennis Rodmans that yeah, are getting promoted. Exactly. Right. You right. know, I mean, and they're 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 talented, but it's also they they're outspoken and you know they're, they're doing a lot of they're there's doing some, a lot of it themselves. There's some WWE aspect um, to that. And that's that's exactly the thing. I mean, that's that's why Frankie never never got as much push as he deserved. No, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting fight because I don't know who I don't know who Stipe would fight just yet. I mean, I think that there'd have to some some shuffling would have to be done at heavyweight in order to fight a contender because he's beat everybody that's ranked now or at least in the, the top couple i mean you can't 
Kevin Lee getting the, the interim shot at, what was he, six or something like that, six or seven, was a f- just a freak chance because everybody else was tied up. You can't legitimately give the champ the number six seed. No. I mean, granted, they've done a lot. They've done things in the past, given, you know, Nick Diaz the title shot off off of two losses. Lo- yeah, two <laughs> losses or whatever, and a huge layoff. Stop pointing to that <laughs> belt. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they can't see you, but I can. <laughs> You're just sitting there flexing on, flexing on Instagram, pointing at the belt. I, I, yeah. Hey, I, I have a question, though. Do you not – well, one, do you not think the – do you not think the main fight would be a rematch? Do you not think that it would be worth a re- worth a rematch part two between Stipe and and Ganu? Yeah, because one, I think Ganu's so young. I think he would learn a tremendous amount just from just from going in there with someone like that. I think it would be a whole different fight once someone that's kind of that you know that was the one thing he didn't have the experience. So the fact that he's got it. Can he make a different plan for round two? Um, I don't know. I don't like a lot of the. Excuse me. I don't like a lot of the immediate rematches. Uh, you know the uh, like Rose, Rose and uh, Joanna. That one to me doesn't make any sense at all because it was at least at least Stipe and Ngannou was a, it went the distance. Ngannou had his moments. You know, with Ngannou, it's like he's either, he either knocks you out or, you know, he's not like necessarily doesn't have to be kicking your ass to, you know, to get the finish. I mean, it's just one punch. But he definitely had his moments. He had he had he hit Stipe quite a few times, but oh, he showed up for sure. But I still don't think that the fight uh, deserves an immediate one. And I mean, I th- I think that. It would deserve one better than Rose and uh, Joanna. I agree with that. I think if if you give Ngannou another fight or two and he does well, he is so young that that then it makes sense. I don't I don't think this puts him out of the picture. No, he's still I, and out. I if you had to bet on it right now, I bet he he might have the belt someday. He stays with it. He learns from it. As a as a what is he? What did we say he was? Thirty one. No, twenty. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Late twenties, I thought. Something like that. I, I mean, even so. if he was in his early thirties, I can't remember. Look it up. I, I'm too busy, too busy pushing buttons. <laughs> um, as a heavyweight, your your career is longer. Even though they they hit harder, they tend to get knocked out more than the lighter weights. Speed is less of. Uh, an aspect of the fight and that's the only thing that you're not going to keep the only thing that you're, you can't make better you can't make your reflexes better um so as a as a heavyweight you they're just they have a longer time to to be in the game um so i mean you look at some of these guys they can fight until they're you know mid 40s so the guy's got plenty of time to 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 come back um but yeah, well, in, all, in all fairness to you know you, Jim, and your weight class, it seems like back when I first started watching UFC, I don't even know when it was, early two thousands, late nineties, that the light heavyweight and the heavyweight is what you 
waited to watch. Mm-hmm. But it's changed now. It's not the same. I mean, there's just the actual, you know, it just seems like the the real action is really in that, you know, in your weight class. Really, I mean, honestly, all the lower to mid weights, you see way more action than I think than, you know, you kind of get that one-stop kills, so to speak, you know. In the in the heavyweight class, my my favorite uh, <clears throat> my favorite weight class to watch as a fan is probably one seventies. I think that it's kind of the yeah, the great. the perfect combination of speed and and power. You know, a uh, hundred and a hundred and seventy pound. Granted, they're mostly two hundred pound men uh, and two hundred and ten pound men that are cutting to one seventies, but. Um, that's what we're revisiting. Oh yeah, that's what we're revisiting weight the, the weight cutting. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's forewarned, but we we got to revisit that. The 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 level of athleticism of that size person, you know, um, is just I don't know. I I think that it makes for the best fights all around. I think that one seventies is packed. I mean, I think that one fifty fives, one forty fives are are packed weight classes as well, but um, and eighty five as well, but. But I don't know. It just seems to be like you get you get enough knockouts at 170s, where at 55s you don't see as many, and as you go down you don't see as many. Um, but then it's also it's very fast paced, and um, so yeah, it's probably my my favorite weight class to watch. But you know, it, you, told, you told me you went. You told me that when you go up to a certain weight, mm-hmm. that you. Like your advantage, cha- didn't you say at one seventy? Like your advantage just completely changes <clears throat> as as a fighter. Uh, it it's not even um, it's not even one seventy. Is when I hit once I get like one hundred and eighty four pounds. Once I hit one eighty four, my center of gravity. I can feel that my center of gravity is lower. Uh, more on your legs, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So no, his fat ass. Basically, yeah. I get. I'm a little more. I'm a little dumpier. <laughs> I'm not dumpier, but you know. Yes, you're I, dumpier. Get the fuck out of here! I ran a. I ran a 13 and a half mile Spartan race uphill at 186. Both ways. Both ways in the snow. Yeah, the snow. 3, 000, yeah. 3, 000, It was on a. It was on a. Three thousand vertical feet. So it was feet. snowing in August. Three thousand vertical feet, and I had to do obstacles twice because I outpaced the cameraman. Okay, and he had to hold come on here a second. And what place did you come in? I didn't place. Did you, you win? Place. You don't place. Oh. Get the heck out of here. It's a Spartan. Well, how many people passed you? <clears throat> a few. Oh, okay. But, you know, once I got up the main hill, I didn't stop running. That's all you train for. Yeah. You know? You know how I trained for that? They're like, oh, yeah, it'll be like eight miles or something like that. I'm like, eight miles? I can do eight miles pretty easily. So I'd, I was running like three, four miles, and then I hit the pads for a little bit. Well, did I know that it was 13 and a half? <laughs> it's like eight miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, There's very few men who could just walk on to a 13 and a half mile race, but I believe that Dudley is one of them yeah, and yeah. involves some gummy worms, if <laughs> I recall. <laughs> <laughs> he took a break, too, though. I didn't take a break. I I didn't even have. Break I didn't. That doesn't even count. Gummy bears. You like got a you got a coffee and shit. That's, That's how right fast here, at least. he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is true. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, but yeah, so when I when I hit that certain weight, uh, I I can move because I, I trained a lot. You know, nowadays I train with guys who are uh, around my weight and actually a weight class below me, just because that's who we have at the gym. Um, but there was a time where I was training with a lot of one seventy pounders and eighty five pounders. You know, like I was training with Dan all the time. And if I hit that weight, if I hit 184 and I step on the scale, you know, a couple times a day. So it's like when I when I know that I'm at that weight and I actually saw a level of improvement when I was consistently at or above that weight, um, I could move those bigger guys a lot easier. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, so maybe maybe I should be the dumpy, dumpy little 170 pounder. But the problem is, is even it. I'd have to hit 80 f- – I'd have to get back to that weight by fight time. And to get back to that weight, I need to be walking at that weight. So walking at 84, 85, and cutting to 170s isn't any easier than what I'm doing now. <laughs> so I'd have to – you know, I'd have to fight at 85, which I'd, I'd do that too. Why the hell not? Not having to cut weight? That would be awesome. <laughs> Walk onto the scale eating a cheeseburger. I really wonder how much, uh, how much that weight cutting, I know for me, you know, I feel like just as a, just as an athlete that is serious about working out every day, if I go multiple days without, you know, even if I go multiple days without carbs or, you know, things like that, it just seems like my performance in the gym is just completely different. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think a lot of these guys right now that are um, that are doing these weight cuts, it's hard to say how much we're really not seeing what their full potential is versus someone that can go in healthy. That's why I like these. I really like these, you know, just these super fights mm-hmm. where you're just guys that are, you know, within 10 or 15 pounds of one another um, to where they can go in at their premium and then you're really getting to see something that's that's awesome we're on the same wavelength yes yeah. we agreed that's what we've been talking about um do you feel like do you feel like the belt like i feel like the whole in the 2000s i think in the 2000s and maybe even you know early 2010 area the belts were the big draw to see the title fight but mm-hmm. i don't I just almost feel like the belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, people people just want to see, you know, like I would love to see, you know, GSP fight someone. Even it doesn't even matter. It's just, it you know, you kind of, it's almost like you're at this part where you're, you know, it's like the video game where you want to pair two people together to see their best attributes regardless of really what their weight class is it's it's like you've been listening to our podcast because this is exactly what i've been saying uh what is that is that what is that that is uh back straps made some made some back straps yeah on piece <laughs> yep right in front of the camera i'll take one well, more well knock a fork pretty action. pretty damn delicious yeah um that's exactly what like we've been saying and try to try to uh, get rid of weight cutting. <laughs> you know, all you're going to hear is. <laughs> um, 
um, trying to get rid of weight cutting and, and get rid of weight classes. Yeah, altogether. And, like that's that's the thing that that I like is, I mean, fine them. If you don't, uh, if you don't have weight class, it's like, all right, do I want to fight this guy or not? Like, is if the pay's right, I'll do it. And that's that's what it comes down to. And you know, I, I'd fight guys who are a decent amount bigger than me if the, if the pay's right. But since there are weight classes, you don't see a lot of super fights, or you don't see a lot of those size difference fights. Um, but yeah, to to go into a fight and not have cut weight and just feel normal on fight day, be pretty. As a fan, awesome. I would love to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I need a second to chew. <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I'm dying to dive into this, and since Dudley brought it up already, we have to now. As, as an, an extremely successful archery athlete, what percentage of other archers are serious about working out to the extent that you are? Archery. Yep. Well, I think there's it's archery. They don't have they don't have guns in archery. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's a huge movement right now. I mean, back back when I started, I remember a lot of a lot of really reputable national coaches at the time. Um, they were they really frowned upon fitness in the archery world because they really felt like. Honestly, they felt like extra mass restricted range of motion and restricted your follow through, which I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of yoga. I'm a big advocate of stretching after sets, um, which was something that I was taught just to try to promote blood flow back in black, back into that area. And so I've always really focused on maintaining my flexibility and range of motion. Um, but now there's this huge swing towards hunters and archers that are really, you know, they're, they're athletes. And really, I, re I feel like if, if the people were as focused on being an all-around athlete back when I competed, I mean – there's no way I would have had any advantage over most of the things that I shot at competitively because I don't feel like I'm the best necessary. I don't feel like I'm the best archer in the world. I feel like I was prepared mm -hmm. and that, and honestly, I feel like I went to events and I played what was really in my favor. And that was if I was shooting with guys that I knew were out of shape, I would bust ass to a target and I would step on a stake and I would make my shot because once you touch the stake, you know, a timer starts and you have only a certain amount of minutes for each person in the group to shoot. So if we had a quarter mile to get from target one to target two and we were on a 20 degree incline the whole way, I mean, I was walking. Meanwhile, I was also, I mean, I just got to the point where I could check my heart rate. And as long as I stayed below about 65, I could make my shot without having any variation in what I could in practice. But I knew that the guys that weren't in shape, there's no way they could do that. And 
I would watch people just hand me points because they weren't prepared. And really in the hunting world now, thanks to a lot of people in, in our industry, there's a lot of people that are taking their fitness just as serious as they are their shooting. And, you know, I feel like there's this huge, there's this huge just connection right now between, you know, people that are doing what you're, what you guys are doing, guys that are, you know, training MMA and things like that, CrossFit people, Mm -hmm. hunters, archers. I mean, you know, there is a lot of that community just merging together right now. And, you know, you walk around at the APA show this year which is archery trade show for those who are watching. I thought it was the ATAs. Um, yeah. Multiple? Trade show is, I mean, there's guys walking around there that are, I, I would guess the average weight is probably 20 <laughs> pounds lighter at the ATA show this year uh, than five, six, seven years ago. There are a lot of people that are focused on, you know, eating clean, training, and really applying that into their hunting. Mm-hmm. And I think the more people are able to have visibility on one another, especially you know people that are watching a podcast like this, or people that listen to a podcast, or people that are you know following you guys on Instagram, they're they're constantly being motivated yeah. by that. It's not like they have to be at Miller Brothers MMA training; they're able to be motivated daily by seeing what you're doing in your workouts, what you're eating. And, you know, they, they're kind of sitting there maybe coming home from work and they're saying, well, crap, John's cooking elk steak and broccoli and Brussels sprouts tonight. And I'm, I was debating pulling into a Burger King drive. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, screw that. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to pick up some stuff and I'm going to go home. And I just think that those simple life choices just completely change people yeah and honestly you know i think from pat's original question if people did then when i competed if people did what they do now i mean i would have just been you know one of thousands Mm -hmm. but i just felt you know i came in i literally went from playing football and being part of a program that was, you know, really I had the same the same coaches as Clay and Jason Guida. We had the same coaches because they went to my school. So I went from a program that we had the same types of three days. We had the same type of you had to be in the weight room five days a week and be checked off. You know, you had to get your max in every single week. Mm-hmm. When I left high school – just because I was shooting archery, in my mind, I still wanted to do the same thing. That was just part of my life's routine. Yeah. And I think it carries over. I just think that's part of work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely I've seen I've seen a shift in the last couple of years. Just being a, a, a you know archery and hunting fanboy, uh, that there is um, there is a, that shift into the athletic aspect of it and the shift into the, the, a lot of like the, the cooking and the, and not even just like, all right, we're going to make some freaking, you know, venison steaks or something like that with some salt and pepper. I mean, it's like, 
legitimate culinary quality dishes getting put out and it's awesome and it's definitely got you know uh it's kind of one of the like you said it's it's i think it's one of the the good aspects of social media you know i think that social media can be a little bit toxic at times and i think that people kind of can get obsessed with it and uh you know kind of fall into a little bit of a trap with it but like you said that little that little bit of motivation i mean that little bit of you see somebody making those right steps. You see somebody making those right choices diet-wise. I mean, holy shit. I, I never had – like I, I ate peppers. I ate peppers. And then I saw you make freaking the, the, the baby bell peppers, smoking those little things. They're fu- oh, yeah. they're like fucking candy. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're totally like the best thing ever. I make them all the time. You know, it's uh, just just by seeing it. You're like, ah, well, okay, well, I'll give that a shot. Um, got a, uh, on that the backstrap that we made. Somebody asked, um, what rub? That was the Traeger big game rub on there. I just What's that? I just answered at the bottom. Oh, you answered. <laughs> oh, you're on there. Okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I rub my meat a lot. I do. I do. I work <laughs> it in there. You got to work it into the meat. Um, Your wife made a a crazy freaking pork butt. She posted a picture of. She did. Yeah, she did. You know, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing, too, is that that freaking smoker, man. It uh, she never touched the grill. She would never touch the gas grill. And she uses the the Traeger all the time. I can cook. She's happy to use it. Yeah. You can cook it. It's, it's idiot proof. You never. The boss called it cheating, but if it's you, cheating. it's not cheating. <laughs> Sorry, it's cheating. It's it's awesome. It's fucking cheating. cheating. You know, you know, he needs to. The, the, I'm an old school smoker. It's fucking cheating. You're Sorry, not, yeah. I got a two seventy five no. gallon no. drum, oil you need tank. To, you know, and you smoke on old school. Yep, old yep. school. That's like that's, that's like you smoke on. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me a fucking break. My no. ribs are better than your ribs. No. And you know it. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they are. No, they're not. But anyway, he he needs to he needs to have a a, a chat with uh Chad Ward and about oh, yeah. about how meat is elastic and like a rubber band and if the temperature fluctuates, you're you're disrupting that meat. You're like you're you're making it tougher than it could be. If you keep a steady temperature, yep. I st- that's the thing is I struggled. I I freaking I made a a smoker out of a fifty five gallon oil truck. Yeah, well, Russell the muscle sucked. <laughs> Russell the muscle, muscle was sucked. pretty awesome. I made some Russell, damn good food Russell, on him. Clammies were a whole I lot better. I made some damn good food on him, but it was a it was a bitch. It was a bitch to deal with. You know where it's like okay, I cooked friggin' Eight pork butts, okay, and Ron fourteen Popeil. and fourteen chickens. Let me take the Traeger in a day. Forget it. I and, love the Traeger. Uh, yeah. Turn it on, go <laughs> inside, and uh huh. Tells you the temperature of the meat. Auto feeds the pellets. It's amazing. He's just it's jealous. Amazing. We just made steaks last night. They were so good. <laughs> <Not> jealous. <laughs> um, I will let you. I made a fantastic steak last night. I'm sure you did. Uh, <laughs> um. Before we get totally off on the tangent, because I got a lot of <coughs> here we go. I got, got a lot of fanboy questions for Dudley. I have a whole okay. 
notebook full. Uh, just want to hit on the the uh, Bellator a wee bit. Rory McDonald was in another freaking war of a fight. He is fucking. Dude, that's he's a tall you know, that, guy. I when I fought when I fought Joe Lozon the first time, I I kicked him in the inside of the calf. So basically, the inside of his, his shin bone, uh, like a dozen times, and banged up my banged up my shin pretty good. And then I jumped right into the camp with Pat Healy and continued to use it. Um, so I like kind of permanently disfigured my shin a little bit, uh, and it you know for a while it was bothered me. If I clipped somebody's elbow, even with shin guards on, I mean it, to the point where I I was wearing multiple shin guards on my left leg and it still didn't work but anyway looking at fucking rory's leg was like <laughs> it was one of those pretty nasty i mean during the fight it you, looked like he you, had a you, dick it implanted into his leg <laughs> like a stiff it, dick in his leg yeah that's that's kind of a weird analogy Pat. that's exactly <laughs> what it looked like to me. i see him everywhere uh yeah <laughs> anywhere i look i see dick um <clears throat> During the fight, you f- you feel it. You know that it sucks. You know that it hurts, but you don't feel it to the extent that you feel it once you get to the like once you make start making that walk to the back. Like you get out of the cage and it's like holy shit, like my fucking leg hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty pretty ballsy of him to continue. You know, not to really continue through that, but just to deal with it. You know, because you knew he'd continue through it. So it's not like it was anything special, but. Uh, but dealing with it, man, like it, he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude. Um, then, uh, I mean, you got, you had the, you had the, so I don't, Hey, this is what I don't like about Bellator sites. It always pops up. Like, do you want to know in more information? Um, press in your skills right now. What's that? Are you, everything you're running is pretty freaking impressive, Jimbo. You know, I'm the tech guy over here. I'm the tech guy. <laughs> yeah. Get some For big shoes to fill. But... All electronics. <laughs> no, I'm just. I see. I'm sloppy. That's my problem. I'm tough on gear. I I did drop my camera in my backpack out of a tree like 20 feet. <laughs> it survived with a small dent. Uh, Rampage and Chael kind of happened like I expected that one to happen. How about Pico with the body shot? That was beautiful. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he. It wasn't uh lose his lame matador dance, so what? He he's not just a wrestler though he's at not. the end of the day. No. And that was the kid's got no. box. He's he got, does. He he's absolutely got striking, does. He's got a striking background. No, he's, got a good body bright, shot, he's got so. a bright future ahead of him. And he dug there. Right? It was it was it was it was like it looked awful. He wound up enough. he wound up pretty big, but it was fast enough where it was like what? Yeah. <laughs> I watched it a few times, and it was just the delivery was very quick because, yeah. like, you saw the guy just fold up and go down, and I'm just like, where did he get hit? And just mm. kept winding it back. It was it was pretty impressive stuff. Um, I've been skimming over these questions, but I haven't. Now I'm lost. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, there were a I couple. What's that? I didn't see what happened with Rampage. He got, he got, he got wrestled. 
He did. Huh? Yeah, he got wrestled. Chael. Chael did what Chael does and and out-wrestled him. At what point do you feel like some of these guys need to just hang it up? Um, you know, if they're making – I don't know why I just went back to you. Uh, <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> looped it around. Um, I like it. Yeah, you're, you know, just yeah, – I want, I want people to see the belt that's going to be over my shoulder the next time. <laughs> um. As long as they want to do it, I'm okay with it. Like, a guy like Chael has opportunities. You know, Rampage, that, he, he's he been in some movies. I mean, he should have some opportunities outside of fighting. But if he still feels like he wants to fight. Well, it was a huge payday for him. Yeah. And he knew he wasn't going to take any damage. Yeah. He knew he was going to get wrestled. Yeah. So I lay on the mat and I get mauled for 15 minutes. And make <laughs> three hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. Rampage always <laughs> seems like he went after it, though, right? Like, well, he was trying to hit yeah, him, yeah, but yeah, as soon as was. it got taken down, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think he was he was agreeing to take the money to lay there. I think he was yeah. out wrestled. Yeah. Um. What was that? Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk. Let's talk. You're let, distracted. I'm not distracted. You're very distracted. <laughs> well, uh, he's trying to read. Uh, TJ, and talk TJ at the same just time. said that he had no idea I was a fighter. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just a really bad archer. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure some of your followers are saying I had no idea he was an archer. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, obviously, I've got a belt. You Clearly do a, a fighter. You do have a belt. You do have a belt. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen you in the, the, the picture that we took when we worked out uh, before we went on the hog hunt. And, like, I don't know. It was just the perspective of it. But your arm looked like it was as big around as my waist. Uh, well, I, was, I was disappointed that you didn't post when I did my uh, workout and I posted my hog workout for my hog drag. Mm-hmm. I'm you didn't post yours because it was on your phone. It I don't was. have that. Oh, where is that one? I got it somewhere. I got it. Yeah. I made. I made. I made Jim drag his hog. Probably. Yeah. It was fun. It was a quarter mile or more. It was like I told him, like, you got to lose some. You got to burn off some of these. Yelling bridge. behind me too. <laughs> you were going into two hundred two, and I'm like, do not stop, bitch. You just freaking keep going. It wasn't. I wasn't that heavy. I wasn't heavy. I didn't have a bad weight cut for that one. That was the, no, the, the problem. No, it was pretty good. The, I, just, I just tried to maximize my ability. I know. To, uh, you helped help me out, and I I appreciate that. The thing is, is people. That was like. That was, uh, you know, it was what two weeks before my fight against Poirier. Yeah, yeah it was, something like it was that. Close. Yeah. Um, Rogan was all mad at me. Yeah, well, that's the, and that's exactly the thing is that people w- would get the wrong impression. Um, I needed that, you know, and I think that I would agree. I I appreciate going on that that trip with you, and I appreciate the experience and pulling me away from it because honestly, where I was at that point, where I was 
during January before that fight was not good. And I don't think that another I think I think that if I stayed stayed in the rhythm that I was in for that fight, I it would have had a worse I would have performed worse and I I very well might not have made it to the fight. You know, I was getting my my ass kicked by the lime at that point and and uh you know, like I had this great upswing in 2016 and then it just came back and fucked my day up you know at the end at the end of the year and and uh into the beginning of the year and uh being able to take my mind off of fighting and, well, and yeah. do something yeah. it was uh, you know like i said i i appreciate it and i i felt like honestly i think i performed better than i did in the fight than the when i what i was training at like i fought i fought up in that fight because i had a little bit of uh you know, uh, what the hell do you call it? R and R, but like, uh, uh, shit. <laughs> Somebody say something. We're on a walkabout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that ties in huge with, uh, with everything in sports is it's so fucking mental, right? Like you have to be in that right headspace if you want to perform at that level. So whatever it takes to get there, but you can't underplay the the mental aspect of it. So everybody wants to see you doing deadlifts, no, yeah, sixteen hours a day and only yeah. drinking fucking rocky raw eggs. But yeah. it doesn't matter if you're not in the right headspace. Yeah, you know, and and, and I agree, I agree. And this actually, I think this plays right into the same subject that the old man was talking about. Was you know, weight cut is that's one mentality. And I mean, obviously that's depletion of the body, but overtraining is depletion mm -hmm. of the mind. Oh yeah. And I was, you know, back when I competed, I talked several times about, I knew what my window was of where I could train very intensely before I would just start to just go with the motions and just get super systematic and just go out there and say, I've got to do this today. I have to do this today. And I wasn't mentally all there. And having a break from that mm -hmm. is is imperative to being able to be fully compatible as an athlete. And I think that for you, you know, you and I discussed that before you went and you said, yeah, man, I'm, you know, that's actually a pretty good window because I'm, well, one, you're smart in the fact that you don't, go into weigh-ins having to murder yourself hmm. which is smart which is that plays a big part but then also knowing that window of i can get my mind off this shit for just a little bit i can you know i can go out i can have a little bit of fun so that then i can come back and just button down the hatches for 14 days and be be ready and hmm. i think that as a competitor regardless of your craft if you I think that's what seasoned athletes learn. I think Michael Phelps learned that. I mean, I've talked, you know, Brendan Hansen is, was one of his teammates for a long time. And Brendan's a close friend of mine. And we've talked several times about Phelps and his preparation and what almost what the team had to do around him so that he could mentally prepare and not overtrain and also be ready come game time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't always what 
the norm wanted. It was what sometimes what he needed mentally based on how much he had trained up into a certain point. And I think that any competitor is, you know, is going to understand that. And I think the true, the true champions are the ones that know what that very, very small window is. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I feel like, and that's the, the reason that I didn't post that video is I felt like it just would have been, people would have had meltdowns. I demand you post it now, you know, <laughs> like, and the thing is, too, is being able to I just had to turn the camera because everybody's talking about the speaker wires coming out the back of the. Listen, there's a lot of shit hooked up to the TV right now. <laughs> there's a there's a couple HDMI's go like every HDMI port is taken up and then there's the speakers for the surround sound are all plugged in there. I just have to be, you know, tidy things up. So don't don't judge me, bro. <laughs> Step off. It's like six comments about it. <laughs> Um, being able to maintain your composure, like when when things don't go perfectly, is something that uh, you know, like I, I I've I've always been comfortable fighting. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It never mattered. Okay, how you know how long is my training camp? Oh, you want to fight next week? Yeah, let's fucking do it. You know, if I if I'm if I'm capable of fighting, I was gonna fight. That's that's what it came down to. I fought on, I fought on a week notice. I fought on eight days notice in the UFC. Uh, you know, I fought quite a few times on four or five weeks, which I'll, there are quite a few other fighters that won't do that. Um, but yeah, going going away was uh, it was it was a you know it was a ray of sunshine. <laughs> you know, it was a. Uh, Got got a couple workouts in, felt good, kept kept things maintained, um, but yeah, you just you ease off of it, you ease off the gas pedal for a little bit, and the, what happens a lot of times with with us as fighters is like you get a you get a fight, and oh, well, I got ten weeks, but ten weeks to train, and if you're training at full bore, is too long. You, oh, yeah. you need to you need to like ease into that and. I myself, and I know that there are a lot of fighters like me, have a difficult time with that. Like when I fought Nate Diaz, I had 13 weeks, and it was really difficult to kind of work my way up. Um, and you know that one sucked because I went in there in probably the best shape that I've ever been in my life and mangled my friggin' ankle in the first in the first two minutes, but. Uh, you know, before I fought um, Yancey Medeiros, um, I I took I had to take off a week, and I and it wasn't even it wasn't even like the pig gun, it wasn't like I was just taking time off for you know training and, and stepping away. I was injured. I was injured yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, you know, I ended up I have it on film, and it's the the most unspectacular thing you've ever seen on film. I was sparring against Mickey Gall, actually, and uh, he threw, like, a hook or something like that, and I stepped in and body-locked him, and I just crunched my head against his chest, and just my my left ear went to my left shoulder, and, you know, I felt a little... And I'm like, ah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tighten up. You know, and you see me in the video, you see me kind of stop and, like, shake it out a little bit and go about the round, 
And I went about practice. I had like another couple rounds left. Two hours later, I couldn't turn my head. I couldn't move my head. Couldn't do shit. And that was Wednesday. The fight was in 10 days. And I could have pulled out. I was legitimately hurt. You know, I had I had a whiplash-like injury. Uh, but got worked on a couple days. A guy that, that went to school with, with these two assholes on the couch. Shoe man. <laughs> He's the best chiropractor ever. <laughs> dug some, dug some metal, pieces of metal into my neck and made it so I could move my head. And luckily, I went into the fight and didn't, uh, you know, nothing happened in the fight. But then I'm, I, I've trained with a lot of guys and I've trained with guys that have fought in the UFC that if something like that happened and they got to the fight, they'd be such like a ball of nerves. They'd be overwhelmed with the fact that they didn't train for those last four days of training camp. Four yeah. days. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, because once, once it's fight week, then you, you're just focused on your weight. You're not training. You're just fucking around and losing weight. So I missed, I, I seriously, I missed a couple workouts. And to me, it was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, it didn't, it didn't, I knew it didn't affect me and it didn't affect me in the fight. I went out there and performed well. And I have the worst picture ever where he's choked unconscious on top of me <laughs> and I'm <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it uh, I think that also kind of came with experience, too. You know, I mean, I was always, like I said, I really didn't care from the beginning. But that definitely came with experience in being in there and, uh, I don't know, not sweating the small stuff, I guess. Who knows? I don't know. Some inter-cliche, inter <laughs> inter uh, it's not I how many times you get hit hard. It's where uh, where – <laughs> That would affect people because I think yeah. about anything that I plan on doing. If there's a, an interruption in my plan, I'm like, well, I, I haven't done everything that I had planned on doing for whatever it might be. Uh, well, we all know you're a fucking weirdo, Deez. Like, <laughs> I put that picture out. Like, out I cut your head out of the picture of you running in the <laughs> cold, and it's like, you're you're space cadet, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, that's – you know, you're saying like it's four days before yeah. before a huge fight like that, and then and you're not worried about missing out on it. And it's like, you know, I'm a few months out, and I feel like if I don't hit the road tomorrow, mm. I'm like, oh, that's that's going to totally derail this the train. Everything's going to be yeah. a disaster. And I know it's not the case, but you know, good for you for having that mental edge to say to not sweat it and still to be able to perform even though there was that interruption in your training. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley, I was I hey, forget what it was that I was reading or watching. <laughs> nope, I'm not. And I wanna I now wanna can hear I bring him back down to fucking reality? He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna rub my meat <laughs> a little bit. Now it's time for him to mute me because it's reality check yeah. time. <coughs> mute him, please. Right. So I, I I don't know if I was reading or I was watching or I, I forget where it was, but you were talking about shooting in a tournament. And uh, it was a big tournament. You step up to the line, and you didn't set your pin right. So the first shot out of the bow just fucking tanked. And then having to get that mental edge. And can you 
tell a story more articulately than I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just read the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I think you it ties in pretty I was, well. I was fascinated by that. Yeah, you killed it. <laughs> Nailed it. There's nothing else to say, right? <laughs> it was, um it was I think it was I think it was maybe um I know it was for a, a world a world team trial. And, you know, for any of the US teams there's always open trials. It's kind of part of the part of how it has to go. And I was I was really adamant about making that team. So I had trained really, really hard leading up to that event and I felt like felt like I was a hundred percent prepared for that tournament. And you know, I really I knew that if I made the top three I'd make the I'd make a team, I'd be able to go. And literally, um, it was a rainy day. There was mud. The Actually, the course really favored me because it had a lot of steep climbs and a lot of and a lot of descent. So I knew physically I'd be able to push. I was out on the practice range and I forgot what I was shooting, but I think I was shooting like, I think I was just finding kind of my rhythm at like five meters. And we went out to the first target and I just, I'm convinced that I'm going to clean this course. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm ready to clean this course. And that's what I kept telling myself. You're going to clean this. And I stepped up to the first target and it was, I think it was about 55 meters or something. And I looked at the target. I'm like, okay, it's 55 meters. I stepped up there and I was thinking, okay, make a good shot. We're going to clean this. Let's put three X's in there. And I drew back. And when I shot, you know, I couldn't see my arrow hit the target. And I didn't see my arrow in the target, but it was it was really wet. I mean, it was pouring rain, so there's a possibility that you pass through. So I'm, like, trying to focus my binoculars on this bullseye to see where my arrow is. And I'm focusing my binoculars, and I'm looking all around, and I just cannot see my freaking arrow. And then I look over at one of the guys I'm competing with, and he goes, look a lot lower <laughs> and he goes look in the mud <laughs> and I look down and I'm like I don't see it and he goes what's your sight set on and I look and I hadn't moved I forgot to adjust I for, you know because we mm -hmm. have one pin and you know we adjust that pin to the exact yardage yeah well, I still had my pin set for what I was practicing on the practice round, which is 25 meters. So I was 30 meters off. I just stuffed my first arrow right into the mud. <laughs> and oh, the first I'm arrow. On I'm on a target with three of the other best, best field archers in the world. And, or at least in the U S at the time. And that's target one. And I'm, a zero. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I remember, you know, I just kind of looked down at my quiver and I thought to myself, and this is actually something that a coach had taught me. And it, he actually wasn't even my coach. He was, he was an Olympic coach for another, for another athlete. And I was in a shoot off, um, against his student one time. 
and actually his student beat me. And at the end of the match, this coach came over to me and he said, he said, if you would learn how to let things go, you will be a completely different competitor. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, you need to realize that the only arrows you can control are the ones that you haven't shot yet. And he said, there's nothing you can do that can pull that arrow back once it's hit the target. He said, it's, it's stored, it's done, learn to live with it. And I actually had a flashback to him telling me that right after that moment where I shot that one in the mud. And I thought, okay, you know, as much as I want to get pissed and hammer toss my bow right now, to the, woods, <laughs> um, the only thing I can do is, is literally grab another arrow, set my sight right and go back to what I set out to do. Mm-hmm. And essentially that's what I ended up doing. And then one by, you know, target by target. And again, I was, I was playing my physical attributes to my favor. I was hustling to targets. People would drop a point here, drop a point there, drop a point. Next thing I know, the person that was fighting for that third spot on the team ended up tied with me on the last target. And I ended up having to shoot three X's on the longest target of the course and end up making the team by one point. So, you know, and it was all because really because I didn't let something that was in the past affect the future. Yeah. And really what it boiled down to. Um, Luke asked me, um, how do I draw the line between wanting to fight and shouldn't fight versus uh, taking a fight because of time and training put into it and like where is that line? I haven't found it yet. <laughs> See, that's my problem. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, there's one answer. Yeah, there's yes. one answer. You know, it's like the, like the saying goes: if you're gonna be dumb, you got to be tough. Uh, <laughs> I, I've it's got it's definitely gotten harder for me. Um, you know, it, particularly in the last, the last like two or three years, with with everything going on, with having as many you know four children as I have, and uh, business and all this other stuff. But I'm. This is something that actually uh, you, John, said to me about archery, and it's it's the same thing that I always had for for fighting is that. You know, you said you're, you know, you're, you're a bow hunter. Well, you're a bow hunter every day. So you need to put, try to get those reps in every day and try to make yourself a better archer every day and do things to make yourself a better archer every day. So I've always looked at it as I'm not, I'm not training to fight on a certain day. I'm training to fight every day. I'm training to fight tomorrow. It doesn't matter. You know, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like, ready for that fight all the time and it, it it comes down to you know just you have to you have to be smart in the gym and all that stuff and you know not not do anything too stupid but i have a tough time with that but but uh yeah just just you know i was always 
I was always lifting. I was always, you know, I've always been in working out and trying to trying to train. Like I said, it's gotten a little bit tougher lately because of injuries and shit like that and other responsibilities. But um, just making making those positive steps a little bit here every single day, you know, and, and uh, if you're if you're in shape and you're ready to fight and it kind of, that's the kind of the thing too, is like, if you have to worry about totally kicking your ass with a weight cut, you know, that, that kind of is, adds another step to it where if you're, if you're doing what I, I want and just be able to fight and just, all right, let's fight tomorrow and, and do it. You don't you shouldn't have to worry about that shit. Just call me up and let's fucking sign on the dotted line. <laughs> You're also yeah. in a in a very different spot than the, I don't know what Luke is doing if this is how he's paying his mortgage but if it's if it's something that you like doing and you're not completely negligent you're not just hey I've never even trained before I want to take a fight I would hmm. discourage that I, but it yeah. sounds like he's training this is like it's about you and your journey and if you want to test yourself that day and fight go fight yeah. right like you have a little bit of a different circumstance where it's how you pay your mortgage. It's how you feed your family. But if it's not how you feed your family, it's a sporting event. Yeah. And if you want to find out how you feel that day or go on that, that journey, do it. Who cares? You know what that means. What does that mean? Pass fighting next week. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. All right. You don't want to put Miller Brothers anywhere. No. Uh, yeah. Now we'll <laughs> fight for some other Not gym. for us. Yeah. But, <laughs> but put the Main Brothers logo on and we'll go get them. <laughs> uh I don't. I don't want to take you too long tonight, Dud. Uh, yeah, I gotta get. I gotta get rolling. It's. Yeah. It's, uh, it's my date night. So. <laughs> well, you know, I'm here. Oh, I gotta reach up. I, I mean, I if can, I reach this I, way, you guys, you guys can continue on, but I gotta roll. All right. Uh, I was gonna have you tell the wolf story, but everybody, oh. everybody that knows the wolf story knows the wolf story. I don't know the whole story. It gets me like rock hard. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we save the wolf story and we'll do it? All right. Um, yeah, we'll do a we'll do another podcast because this was fun. All right. Cool. Now yeah, I've got need, blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sign sign you off. Uh, thanks for coming in, buddy. Uh, we appreciate you and, and, uh, we'll stick around for a little bit and, um, I'll yell at these guys and probably not, I'll try not to tell them the wolf story. All right. Uh, you already Sorry. told me the wolf story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Jim and Pat. I haven't met the other guys. <laughs> Mike and Mike. <laughs> Mike squared. Yep. All right. See you later, buddy. See ya. Take All care. Right. Bye. <coughs> uh, God, I love the wolf story. <laughs> it's just one of those, like, you can't tell the wolf story. I'm not going to tell it. No. I'm not going to tell it. But, um, I'm, I made a post about, you know, because it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. I, I just walk around. I walk around the ATA show, and I almost call it the ATAs. Or the you can do it. John's off yeah, now. Yeah. Fuck him. You know, and, like, you I understand. I understand what uh, 
I understand w- the reason for for a lot of like the hunters to make decisions, but I mean, John John has been you know he got put in a uh, a dangerous spot, and a lot of these a lot of these hunters they don't they don't carry like even just a regular like fixed blade belt knife. I'm not talking about like you know carrying a Bowie knife or something <coughs> like that, you know, Jeremiah Johnson. <coughs> but I'm I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with my with my grappling skills against something that's not going to bite me, uh, which you know is pretty much nothing. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Pat has bitten me yeah, and, and broke skin. <laughs> yeah, I would bite you again. <laughs> yeah, the old man. The old man's. Uh, <laughs> his strategy for a street fight is <laughs> headbutt him and bite him in the nose. Uh, Been there, done that. Um, but you know, like I don't fight fair. I, I don't know to to be in like the the back country and to not have sharp teeth. You know, I mean, I, I don't have any. I don't have. I don't have any like illusions that. It's necessarily going to save me from a grizzly bear or something like that, but I sure as shit, I'm not just going to roll over and die. It's going to feel better when you die. Yeah, man. Like with a knife in your hand. Fuck yeah. Like, I mean, if I have my way, (laughs) if I have my way, you might have been able to mount some kind of offense. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll I'll do it right now. I will look up. There's this. This uh, I'm gonna put the camera on you guys. Um, I'm gonna put our little logo in the corner there. Boom, <laughs> right <laughs> over Pat's crotch. Nice. Um, <laughs> there, there was uh, this. Uh, he was like a game warden in in Africa. Um, and I'm gonna try to keep talking while I type, but this is not my my bag, baby. Um, so there he is, and he's riding his horse. Yes. I'm yeah, I'm helping you out. So you, you know the story, of course. I can't remember his name now. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, and he he's riding he's riding his horse. He like separates from a group, um, and he's riding the horse back to back to camp. And he's got like a a dog or two with him. And all of a sudden, the dogs get taken out, and then he gets taken off of his horse by a fucking lion. And it bit his it bit his right shoulder ward in and he uh you guys are supposed to keep talking. Um but you would have to so stop talking. Yeah, so it so it bit his it bit his right shoulder. Um and so he like couldn't move his right arm and he had his he had his knife on his right side. So he actually had to like reach all the way behind his back and pull his knife out because his, his rifle went flying when he got taken off. Pulled his right his knife out with his left hand, and that's the problem is I can, I have the worst shoulders in the fucking world, <laughs> and I can't do that. Like, there's no place on my body that both my hands can reach that's not like the front of my chest, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like I like a cross draw little holster for or a sheath rather for my for my knife and uh he reached around his back pulled the knife out felt around for the 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 lion's 
shoulder and then boom, boom, stabbed the thing a couple times. It let go, and he was able to uh, to like crawl up this tree. You know, he hears the lion dying in the bushes and shit. And um, I guess the the guys that he had separated from found him in the morning and shit like that. You know, um, but it's like there's an instance of like, I mean, granted, it's fucking Africa <laughs> and, and and a lion attack, um, but it's still here we go. Kruger, Kruger Park. Harry Woolhutter. The saga of Harry Woolhutter. And Kruger Kruger Park is the place in Africa. And the thing the crazy thing is too is my wife's grandfather was riding a horse in Montana and he got taken off his horse or you know, pounced on by a mountain lion and he killed that fucker with his with his knife. And other people have fucking done it. And it's like, for me, here's something that, one, in that absolute fucking, like, Hollywood situation might save your life, like those two instances. Uh, But at the same time, it's something that, you know, hypothermia still kills. Like, it it doesn't matter if you got a cell phone in your pocket. It doesn't matter that... You know, it's 2018 and memes are the hot thing on Instagram and, and all that stuff. If if you if you get wet and it's cold, you know, if if the if the water temperature and the air temperature don't equal 100 degrees added together, you could still die of hypothermia. So having a knife makes it easier to prepare a fire and save your fucking self. I mean. It's not that heavy either. I don't see the scenario that's, where you that, don't carry exactly, it in. That's the thing that the way that I feel about it too. Ooh, that looks like shit. Uh, Plus, knives are sexy and they are sexy. fun and they're cool. Yeah, yeah, they are sexy. I really can't think of a time where I've had one on and it's been in any way an inconvenience. I, like it's really not getting <laughs> snagged on anything or holding me back or anything. I I get it. Like you know, uh, Dudley situation. I mean, there, he was up in like Alberta or something like that. And you're, you're counting ounces. You are. But it's like, I look at the, the difference between the weight of one of those, the scalpel knives now, you know, I mean, they're a couple freaking grams, um, compared to like my three inch knife that I carry, which I could, I can use to do a lot of things. I've, you know, I've processed pretty much every animal that I've been around that, that, you know, that my dad's killed cause he doesn't do it. You know, I cleaned, I cleaned Deez's deer with it or at least most of it. I made him cut out the, the BH, but, uh, <laughs> he took a little longer than he should have, but <laughs> when Pat finally shoots a deer, I will clean it with that. But we're going to go there. We are going to go there. a nice podcast. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like the difference the difference is not that much, but like I can't imagine trying to you know sp- baton wood split some wood with with a scalpel knife. No. No. You know, and I know there are different ways to do it and I know that you but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's something that something that bugs me. So last Saturday, um uh, Mike well, and I Well, you might be able to get attacked. You interrupting son of a bitch. 
I can. I know I can get attacked. Well, yeah. no, you might Go ahead. in the East Coast because they just today that just happened. What's that? Eastern cougar was deemed extinct. So now the states in the eastern part of the Miss, east of the Mississippi, can bring in cougars. We can import New Jersey can import mountain lions. They already from they already have that. They already what have. What do you mean they already? They have? already have. Are you kidding me? Why you seen they one? Where'd they import him to? One of them knocked him off his horse last week. Yeah. He had his <laughs> knife. <laughs> there, you get reports like one or two a year of them around Hamburg Mountain and stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. They, they did just yeah. today, though, declare them officially extinct. Officially extinct? Yes. yes. Okay. So well, I'm now sure, I'm sure the friggin' bring in Well, I'm sure they're still going to. They've been friggin' importing. They've been introducing hybrids, wolf fucking hybrids to kill deer are we like actually sure about that or is that I'm, an old wives tale i am 100 percent sure i saw one of those motherfuckers yeah, so it's definitely an old wives tale yeah, i so saw one of those motherfuckers tale. yeah yeah i've i've a seen you plenty saw of a hybrid ghost wolf a hybrid ghost wolf yes <laughs> no i saw a wolf dog hybrid at least or it had fucking wolf in it it was not a coyote it was not a dog Walking along the levee of one of the reservoirs on 23 there. Like, if you're going... How far? What do you mean, how far? How far away was it? Two miles. No. The <laughs> levee... You're going up so you know where the reservoir is on 23. No, I'm not yeah. how far away from us now. How far when you were sighting this? I was driving by. So the Oh, okay. So I was driving in my car going 60 miles an hour. And a German Shepherd was walking no, on the No, it was an Alaskan Malamute. It was, <laughs> no. a, it was a really and big husky. No. Oh, it was a wolf. No. I guarantee you. I guarantee old you. Old wives' tales. They're not, not old introducing wives wolves. No. I don't you guys are it. crazy? I don't believe it. No, you're crazy. <laughs> but just like your mom. Your mom you, you get your mom here. And the Bob Rabbit. The Bob Rabbit. Because <laughs> she, she saw a Bob Rabbit. She said to see a Bob Rabbit. It looked rabbit. like a cat, but it had longer ears, and it was hopping. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, so a Bob Rabbit. It was a Bob Rabbit. A hybrid. See, they're, they're, hybrid importing, they're importing coyotes. <laughs> Jordan says that they're importing coyotes into North Carolina. Well, I know what? they're importing, but they're not importing cougars Why would they yet? import coyotes? Exactly. Coyotes Why the are fuck everywhere? would you import coyotes? Old wives tale. I'm calling them on it. Oh, yeah. Jordan. <laughs> Prove is, it. <laughs> Prove it, Jordan. They just opened up a season, he says. They just opened up a season on coyotes, 24 hours a day, every day of the fucking year. Yeah, so year. that doesn't mean they're importing them. They, they want to get rid they of did. them. Exactly. They're not importing yeah, them. They they're telling you they, they, they didn't shoot them. Shut up. They I'm didn't sorry. Import I'm feral hogs in the I'm southern with, New Jersey I'm either. I'm Jordan. I'm going to mute them all. Yeah, thanks I'm for listening, Jordan, but <laughs> I disagree. Uh, <laughs> so I would like to, Mike and I, last Saturday, we ran overnight. And when we were running, I did not have a knife on me, and we ran for approximately four hours. And in about hour three, there was a pretty big pack of coyotes. Sounded like they were relatively close. The racket they made was fucking crazy. And I was thinking, like, I'm pretty tired. It's going to be hard to shift my weight around, and I don't have a knife. And that wasn't a situation I where I would have <laughs> thought about having a knife. Obviously, they were not going to attack. But coyotes. And then, and coyotes. Then I thought to myself that I have a knife, and I'm going to stab Pat right in the head. <laughs> and slow his ass back, ass back home. <laughs> <laughs> the, like coyotes are different. Coyotes are different than a wolf. They they act different. But the thing the thing that gets me 
If they saw the way Mike and I were running, they would have swarmed and attacked. Yeah, they I would have thought we were feel wounded animals. Like, you know what? They're, they're not they coming don't up attack. on. Yeah, but by, yeah, by but that you point what, in time, Dad? we looked like we were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Mike <laughs> and I were crawling on the road. <laughs> yeah, domesticated dogs that, <laughs> that get friggin', you know. Well, yes, a coyote will, if you corner it. No. But they're no. not going to hunt you. You, you have, yes, you have several, stray, you have stray dogs that attack people. Come on. You have stray dogs. You have packs of. Wild stray dogs roaming the cities in these country, this country, <laughs> oh controlling God. the cities, taking over Holy most shit. of the cities, <laughs> controlling most oh of the cities, and snowbindless and cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's definitely been. It's a pack mentality. If they see an animal that they yeah, think is weak, no, they're the, going to attack it. The worst it. part is the worst part about it is that it's like uh, a mountain lion attacks you, and I mean if it. Sneaks up, you know, fucking pounces on you. You're dead. You're pretty much dead. They, <laughs> they, you know, they kill you. Right. And then they, they eat your you. neck. Right. Dogs don't kill you and then they eat you. Dogs eat you. To kill you. To kill you. <laughs> like, that's the fucked they up part. The and it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they started your asshole, you know? And it's like. <laughs> so I would, yeah, carry a knife. I got, a, I got an official answer. Yeah. Coyote attacks on humans are uncommon and rarely cause yeah. serious injuries, mainly due to the relative small size of the coyote, yeah. but, but have been increasing, increasingly frequent, especially in the state of California and Hamburg, New Jersey. There you go. <laughs> Fact. But hold on here. <laughs> done and done. Coyotes don't travel in a pack. You, yeah, they, they, yeah, the they fuck they do. don't. Are you out yeah, of here? The fuck Cotton they don't. The, mind. No, it, it's not a pack. It's not like a wolf. Go ahead. No. But come on, Google it. It's Google packed. it the fuck up. Google it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Oh, boy. So then describe what it is. What, it's a, it's what a we're going to refer to this as. Is there were several dogs that we heard in very close proximity, almost yeah. like they were in a pack. It, I was, have, it was probably s- it was probably the woman up the streets fucking four Ashla Opsas coming out, <laughs> and these guys are fucking. Oh no! No, they <laughs> we're gonna they tear oh. through. I have a very good answer for you. In areas with little or no human activity, coyotes will hunt during the day, and when a litter of pups needs to be fed, they may have to hunt around the clock. Coyotes normally hunt alone or in pairs, and rarely as a pack, unless the prey is. Is a deer Mike or other large or animal? Other two large a human and him. It says a deer or other large animal, and Mike and I are pretty large seen, animals. Yeah, I've seen plenty. That's of, why they I've were seen Plenty up. of videos of, of coyotes <laughs> working as a team, like in packs, other, like other wild dogs. Pack too. mentality. Yeah, yeah. All this, all this tales, all this time. <laughs> Seriously, tales, all this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, Kyle's at the the. Concealed carry laws in uh, in New Jersey. What are they like? They uh, Yeah, uh, they fucking blow. It's impossible. If you can prove that somebody's trying to murder yeah, you, you can't. Not that. Not even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can prove, if you have a restraining order if you've against been shot someone four times, if you have a restraining order against someone and they have on multiple occasions broken that restraining order, you still can't, and you still can't get one. Uh, you have to be, you have to like own a jewelry store, be a cop, you know, security type thing. It's lame. Lame as hell. I'd be, I'd be packing right now. This room's full of 
shady, shady <laughs> drifters. <laughs> I might be. You know what? I'm <laughs> so I want to. Uh, <laughs> I've got an. I've got an antique. The the LC Smith, and what I want to do is I want to put it on the wall, like right behind me, right here. I want to fix it up, put it on the wall, and then I was like, you know, if I put the LC Smith there, like right behind the other chair. So, you know, a sweet, like, side-by-side shotgun, if you don't know what an L.C. Smith is. Um, so right behind there, like, where I want to get one of those two-handed swords that, like, Cold Steel sells. You ever seen the, the video of the, the owner of Cold Steel? Yeah, slashing the pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, slashing the pumpkin and, like, the uh. pig's face and stuff like that. And just, like, just hanging on the wall behind Pat. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> just for the fuck of it. <laughs> Absolutely no need. You know, whatever. Just for ambiance. That's what it'd be there for. It'll set the mood. If it we could get a, like a ninja helmet, too, yeah. that would help. Mm. <laughs> I've got a luchador mask. <laughs> Done. That could do it. Done. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what we've learned today is that coyotes do travel in packs. And often hunt humans. Um, They've developed a taste for human meat. Yep. <laughs> Particularly northern <coughs> Jersey. <coughs> always carry a knife. Ooh, wow. Yeah, always carry a knife. Uh, even if you have to carry it in nature's pocket. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill says that uh, they ha- in western PA, they've got uh, coyotes traveling packs three or four. Uh, they move into the area. They kill all the male dogs. And they like to eat cat brains. Hmm. And have killed a bunch of sheep in the area, too. That sounds like fact. That is totally a fact. How do we know they like to eat cat brains, though? Who doesn't? You know what's weird is dogs like to eat cat cat poop. Hmm. It's like candy to them. I think if given the choice, I would go for cat brains. So would I. Be like... uh, Indiana Jones. I was going to say, yeah, with the monkeys. I actually <laughs> heard that <laughs> squirrel brains are good. <laughs> you know, I got a, I got a squirrel brains right over here, Pat. Why don't you come over here? <laughs> Take a look. Give you a sample. Three samples. Squirrel All right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on <laughs> on the squirrel let's, brain let's comment. Let's leave it classy. Yeah, yeah. So now in the next <laughs> podcast, I can in, in in the introduction, like because the last one I was. <laughs> I, I use the word twat in the, in the introduction. So on this one, I'm going to use squirrel brain. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Thank you uh, to Dudley for coming on. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll have him back on again. And, and uh, we'll try to be as banged up as he was because he was, he was hammered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Jim Miller Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And check out JimMillerMMA.com to stay up to date on all things that are going on in my ridiculous life. Um, also check me out on Instagram and Twitter at, at JimMiller underscore 155. Thank you for tuning in and have a good night.